Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, welcome to a new week, Solar Warrior. Here we go. This is Two for Tuesday. Whether that's a tactical Tuesday or just content from one of our many live events like SPI Podcast Lounge, this is going to be a short form conversation typically with subject matter experts designed to give you the practical tools, tips and advice for building your solar business or career and grow with us here on Suncast as I know you will. I'm so glad that you've decided to join us again and level up your game. Remember, you can always find the resources and learn more about today's guests and recommendations in the blog at mysuncast.com. So get ready to tune up your skills, Solar Warrior. Here we go with another powerful conversation on Suncast. All right, Solar Warriors, if you listened to our last episode, most recent episode with Tom Tanzi, then you are aware that we left off with a tantalizing carrot about cybersecurity, which itself is a hot topic. Today, we're going to dig in a little deeper on some of the implications of this internet of energy that we are creating, that the next decade is absolutely certain to cement and to just expound upon exponentially for our industry. Our guide for this discussion is Mr. Tom Tanzi, chairman and executive director of the SunSpec Alliance. If uh, you haven't listened to episode 111 to hear all about who Tom is, I would encourage you to go back and take a gander at that one. But for now, we're going to dive right into this topic with Tom. Welcome back to Suncast. Thanks a lot, Nico. Really happy to be here. Likewise, happy to have you here. We have been in a dialogue around the evolution of our energy grid from, I won't say dumb, but very independent operating system uh, as, as the ISOs are well uh, established for creating, right? To that of a smart energy economy where everything is extrinsically or intrinsically interconnected. In our last conversation, you even mentioned that the very nature of being an installer in this industry is changing the way that uh, that the business works by you saying that you're no longer an installer of solar, you're now in the IT business. Tom, what does it mean for a tradesman to find himself now in the IT business? That's an excellent question. That means that the expectations that your customers have for you are completely different. It means that the expectations that your local utility have for you are, are completely different. And it also means that the economics of your business have changed. And where I think one key implication for installers is that they need to start thinking e even more about customer service. Now, fortunately, with these things being interconnected, the possibility of doing that in an efficient way is much, much higher. But it's very different than the old set and forget mentality. So if we were to think about at a 30,000 foot level, the drive or, or the, the change that has come into the industry, 
it's not necessarily obvious why, you know, what's driving this change from effectively a, a DER, sewer energy resources independence to this smart energy grid. Can you give us a bit of like a couple of minutes of backstory? Well, what's driving the change to, to transform distributed energy from not so intelligent to really smart is the need to build more of it. Solar energy, battery storage, and so forth, it's been very successful. Uh, with that success, it's been installed and with higher densities. And with those higher densities, what we suddenly found is the regulations regarding how these systems operate no longer worked. In the prior version of the IEEE 1547 standard, if there was any uh, untoward behavior on behalf of the grid or these systems with regard to voltage excursions or frequency excursions, things of that nature, the systems would trip off. What That doesn't work very well when you have 15, 20, 30 percent of your energy sources coming from solar to have everything trip off all at once. So that's why something different was needed. And IEEE 1547 was changed this year to address and to allow far more distributed energy. Uh, with that, of course, comes the ability to communicate with these systems as well. This is a brand new to the standard this year. So it's a requirement that all DER systems, and by that I mean solar, battery storage, and other types of systems that connect to the distribution grid that must comply with 1547 must now also connect and communicate with the utility using a TCP IP-based network. And as you said in the previous conversation, with great opportunity comes great responsibility. If we are now in the IT business and we are interconnecting energy generation facilities to an interconnected web that can control voltage, can control many other aspects... Not only are there any number of safety concerns, but there are implicit security concerns. How has the industry to date thought about protecting these assets and, and how is that evolving? For distributed energy resources, with a few exceptions, there hasn't been much consideration given to it at all, I would say. And because it was always been viewed as, well, this is a local problem, right? This is a homeowner system. This is a commercial system. No big deal. So the emphasis, yeah, the emphasis is really on on protecting the bigger assets and the uh, utility scale assets. And of course, because they're bigger assets, you can afford to have people there, and you can afford to spend more money on networking, IT, cybersecurity, etc. But the dynamics and the economics of distributed energy are far different. There's usually nobody at home including the homeowner. And if the homeowner is there, you don't want to give them the responsibility of keeping the system on or keeping the network on. It's just beyond their grasp, right? That's not the reason why they got into solar energy in the first place. They were looking for lifestyle enhancement, not another job. Just as we've seen in the IT industry, uh, I mean, McAfee made his billions protecting all of us once mm. we got access to the internet. Are, are there businesses right now on the energy side who are taking this as a private initiative? And how does Sunspec, which is notably an open source community, approach cybersecurity in a way that we can all wrap our heads around? Sure. Well, cybersecurity, yes, it's big in the energy industry all, uh, already, of course, in the utility scale and sort of protection for, for oil production facilities, which many people call these IoT, Internet of Thing applications. Security is relatively mature in that space. In distributed energy, it's a brand new topic, okay? And so how Sunspec's getting involved is we cooperate with Sandia. We run the Sunspec Sandia Cybersecurity Working Group. 
We have been at this for about three years. We've defined uh, a variety of different uh, best practices and, and are promoting various standards on things like access control and how to build systems for security, cyber physical interaction and the like. And so that's one way. Uh, secondly, we've also set up a public key infrastructure to support the rollout of the IEEE 1547 standard. So like on your cell phone now or your web browser, you have any number of digital certificates that are used to help you communicate with your bank or with your news provider and so forth. Now the inverters or the gateways attached to the inverters on your home will have that same sort of digital certificate so they can communicate back out to the utility to facilitate those types of communication transactions. That's fantastic. I mean, this is like the SSL of web protocol. In fact, it is. We, in fact, the standards require transport level security 1.2, which is the foundation of the SSL standard. So you, so you nailed it, Nico. And even at the time of this recording, we see that the Chinese consulate in Houston is being ejected from the premises, as it were, under fears of espionage. What implications do we see in an industry where historically a lot of our growth has been dictated by trade policy and as we escalate towards trade war with one of our major supply chain sort of regions, as it were, if not countries, China, what implications does it have for cybersecurity and our industry and the growth of our industry? Well, yeah, I'm very concerned about its impact on the growth of our industry. So if we decide to, to go full battle stations with China on trade, Chinese content is predominant throughout distributed energy. I think you'd be hard pressed really to find any component that doesn't have some Chinese content to it. So in the extreme, that could mean an upsetting of the cost of, of solar energy, you could see costs skyrocketing. Uh, so that's that's on the one extreme. Secondly, as we uh, tighten things down with China, and which which by the way bringing some balance to the relationship, I think makes sense. But as as we uh, negotiate this balance in the relationship, well, with where you have a single country. China providing so much of the content to smart energy now, that's, this is where the cybersecurity concern comes in. And so how do you deal with that? Well, policy is, is one way, but I think there's also technical solutions. Uh, there's plenty of conversations taking place now about how do we separate the intelligent components from a solar energy system from the commodity portions. And also, how do we handle our own supply chain such that uh, that the secure elements maybe get added to the system in the country in which they will be installed? So this is sort of the longer term vision that I have for it is that we'll have the sort of decomposition of the system and then reconsolidation in the country of origin. Uh, obviously, that's very complex. It's hard for politicians to get their heads around that. It's more easier just to kick people out and say, heck with it. Uh, we'll work with, on it a different day. So, but that's the challenge. The Suncast Career Summit kicks off on September 1st as a first-of-its-kind virtual event exclusively focused on promoting diversity and inclusiveness in the clean energy industry. This event is for job seekers and hiring managers alike. You can engage with industry leaders, attend workshops tailored to practical advice, learn specific strategies in group and one-to-one settings, and develop a game plan for success. Learn more and recommend a friend at suncastcareersummit.com. 
Hey there, commercial solar warriors. If you listen to this show, then by now you're very familiar that Extensible Energy's DemandX load flexibility software helps close more deals and faster by shifting to lower time of use rates and saving your customers 30% annual demand charges, all at a tenth of the cost of battery-based solutions. But did you know that Extensible also has a new solar partner loyalty incentive program that rewards your sales team with a generous sales bonus? Well, for now, until the end of the year, when you complete just three successful DemandX installs, your sales team member will get a $2,500 check or vacation voucher for when we all do get to travel again. This program also applies to your past customers who already have solar and could benefit from DemandX extra savings. Just contact Extensible Energy at extensibleenergy.com forward slash suncast to become a DemandX reseller and get all the program details and benefits for yourself. Again, that's extensibleenergy.com forward slash suncast. You know, it's interesting because we have an example already where this is having a real impact. Uh, everyone is aware of Huawei and the sort of now public conversation around whether or not Huawei is embedded in espionage type technology into their products. And it has all but killed Huawei's inverter business in the United States. I'd say it has killed it. I don't know if it, any Huawei is being installed. Yeah, I don't either. Frankly, that is a great example of, and for what it's worth, like you said, I'm all for a balance in the relationship. I mean, I have friends who lost their, who have lost their job and, and had to go get another job because they were mm-hmm. very gainfully employed at, at Huawei. Huawei was on a very, very pr- uh, clear path to being the market leader in inverter manufacturing. And I, too, wonder, you know, what could this mean from ramifications perspective? I'm not sure that we will bring answers to the table. But one thing is for sure, if we continue as an industry to standardize around sort of proprietary code and technology and rules, Mm -hmm. then we don't have options. And what Sunspec brings to the table is a plethora of options and an open source ecosystem for not only installers, but manufacturers to benefit from how we can all ensure that everyone is playing by the same table stakes. Absolutely. Transparency is essential. And uh, because with transparency comes truth and you get transparency through open standards. So for those of you that are just getting involved with this topic, dig into it, try to understand what open source and open standards bring to the table in terms of transparency and accountability. Because we need more of that in our industry. We need more of that in our society. And frankly, I don't see a way around that. I mean, this idea of, of secrets being able to to save you uh, seems unlikely. They haven't in the past and for the last several hundred years. So usually things work better when we have open dialogue about these things. So that would be my, my, my first piece of advice. And secondly, dive into these topics. It is a complex set of topics. There's policy ramifications. There's technical ramifications. There's workforce ramifications for installers now being charged with making sure that they're leaving behind cybersecure solutions. Well, Tom, as we said in uh, the previous episode, there is an enormous wealth of information just for those who want to educate themselves, as well as those who want to dive in and take control of their destiny and responsibility for the destiny of our industry at sunspec.org. That's without a K, sunspec, S-P-E-C as in specification. So sunspec.org, I would encourage you to dive into all of the information there. Lots of free open source content to learn more about the topic, as Tom said. 
And I would also encourage you to consider becoming a member, support the Sunspec Alliance and all of the great work that Tom and his mighty team of folks working on all these initiatives have done on our behalf in the industry. Uh, I, I see Sunspec at a level in our industry that SEPA and SIA are playing by bringing a consensus of the industry together, supporting our ideas and our voice and giving those ideas forth as policy that can be enacted at a state level, at a national level with things like IEEE 1547 and NEC 2017, where work from SIA, SEPA and SUNSPEC have materially impacted the outcomes and the directions of those regulations. Tom, Incredibly and eternally grateful for the work that you and the Sunspec team have brought forth and continue to carry for us. Thanks for illuminating this topic on cybersecurity. Any parting thoughts from your side? Nico, thank you. I mean, I'm, we have a fellow traveler here. You and you and me, we, we're definitely about to getting the word out. I would say on the cybersecurity front, you can also find us on YouTube. We have a couple of really great videos uh, about cybersecurity, including one about how it's being rolled out in California for Rule 21, which I think will be illuminating for, for many people. But again, just go to sunspec.org. There's lots of free stuff there. And if you're so inclined, please do join. We need all the help we can get. Absolutely. We'll link to that video that Tom is referring to in the show notes over at mysuncast.com, where you can learn more about everything that they are up to and get the show notes uh, from this episode, as the name (laughs) implies. Tom, again, a pleasure to have you here with us on Suncast. And to all of you, I hope that you will take action, take responsibility, because you are now in the IT industry, as Tom put it. Thanks, Tom. All right, that's a wrap on today's conversation, Solar Warriors. But I do hope that you'll check out the other Two for Tuesday episodes and let me know what you think of these shorter format discussions. You want more like this? You can find more than 200 episodes, resources, highlights from the discussions, along with social media links to each guest episode, book recommendations, and so much more over on the blog at mysuncast.com. And that's also where you'll find other ways to engage with the Suncast tribe, like subscribing to our weekly emails or even joining the exclusive inner circle we affectionately refer to as the Guild. If you're on Spotify or iTunes, I so appreciate your rating and review so that others can also find Suncast more easily. A special thank you to our sponsors who help make this podcast possible. You can learn more about them at mysuncast.com forward slash sponsor. Follow the links there for any offers we've discussed here today. Remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle. <laughs>